Today, I am joined by Jake Montgomery, the very new marketing facilitator for ESPN New York. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, yes, I got this new role with ESPN with the marketing facilitator. Uh, today was my last day as a producer. Uh, pretty sad stuff. I don't know if you got to listen to any of uh, Rothenberg or Anita's show, but uh, yeah, just a new opportunity. Very excited for it and excited uh, to come on your show today. So thanks for having me, Jack. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, we're going to get into Yankees talk a little bit later, but let's just start off with just breaking down your sports fandom. What sports teams do you root for? All right. So you mentioned the Yankees, which is kind of my calling card. I do tweet about the Yankees a lot. And as I mentioned, uh, when I first joined before the show, I love, you know, the judge and the Jeter background for sure. Um, I love the Yankees. I love the Giants and the Knicks. It's just they haven't given me as much as the Yankees have over my lifetime. But uh, yeah, those are my three main teams. And then not really a hockey guy, but if I had to choose, uh, I can kind of get into this a little bit. Um, I used to be a child actor when I was young and I was actually in a Rangers commercial. So I've always had a uh, kind of more of a, a side or fandom for the Rangers. Although being from Long Island, I've been to probably a lot more Islander games with NASA Coliseum and a little bit of a cheaper ticket between you and I too. Um, so yeah, I don't really hate either hockey team, but I would say my four teams, Yankees for sure, Knicks, Giants, and then Rangers, if I had to choose a hockey team. So you would say if, if we had to make a pie chart of your fandom, it would be heavily, heavily leaning Yankees. Well, yeah, I would say that. And here's the thing. And I, and what do you, I guess I'll return you know, the question to you, who are your, you're obviously a Yankees fan. What is your football, basketball, hockey, or if you have a soccer? So I'm, um, I'm would say the majority of my fandom is devoted to the Yankees. I'm a big Giants fan too. And a Knicks fan, more casual Knicks and Rangers, big, big, pretty big Giants fan, but Yankees fan. I mean, watch probably about 150 of the games a year and <laughs> yeah. spend probably a lot more energy on them than I should. So I'm with you for sure. But again, the Yankees have given us, I mean, maybe not so much you it's funny. It's crazy what a 10 year difference can make not to make me feel really old Jack, but you're going to make me feel old. You know, I'm 28. You just mentioned you're right around 18. It's like a Yankees fan, my age, although I was a lot younger when it happened, in my lifetime, I was able to see several World Series, even, even though most of them were when I was, you know, 10 years and younger. Kids your age haven't really, you've seen one really for the most part. Um, so it really is a totally different mindset. And it's, it's weird to think about because, you know, we're not that far apart. And uh, it makes you think and it makes you realize that the Yankees really haven't done much in Yankee standards over the last 10, 13 years or so. So hopefully that changes this year. But um, yes, the Yankees have certainly, although they haven't given us World Series, have given us more than, you know, those those dang Knicks at uh, Ma Madison Square Garden. They haven't given They gave us what? One first round win against Trey Young and the Hawks in our lives. So uh, 
Yeah, that's for sure. That's crazy that, you know, in 1996, 1997, just seeing those multiple championships, and you must have been, you know, prime sports fan and mage in high school, college, and that's that's well, awesome. That, that, that's exactly, well, to your point, I'm actually, like I said, 28. So when those champions, I was born in 93. So 96, I don't even really remember. 98, my dad actually took me to the World Series, although I was five years old. But um, so I was there with my dad. The 2000 World Series, like in 99, they're kind of childhood memories. And I think to myself, how crazy would it be to see a Subway Series like now? Like, I can't even imagine how crazy it would be with friends and group chat conversations and social media now. And not only that, with the pandemic the last couple of years and just what it would mean for New York if there was a Yankees Mets. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would be a nervous wreck because a Yankees Mets World Series, it's like, although the Mets certainly over the years have become a way better team, have become more respectable. You can see they have the owner in place that cares. Love Buck Showalter. They've gone out and made really big moves. It's like, you know, and we both know, and Mets fans don't want to admit it, they've always been the little brother. That like it's it's just really how it Fact. is. I don't I don't it's fair. I don't care what anyone says. You can hate my guts. Mets fans know it, Yankees fans know it. Mets have always been little brother, and it's not even their fault. It's like even a year like this year when they were having the great start to the season, the Yankees were having somehow an even better start to the season, taking away, you know, a lot of the stuff that they were doing. But now you can kind of see that both teams are great and there's a real chance that both teams can make the World Series. And if they do, I think it's really close. I think we saw this year, <laughs> the Mets won the two there, the Yankees won the two at in the Bronx. Uh, but with a healthy Scherzer and DeGrom, that's certainly not a uh, four pitching matchups out of seven that I would not want to be a part of in a world series matchup. So we'll see. Um, obviously uh, I would prefer the Yankees to make it, but I do think the chances of a one of the two making the world series is pretty great. So that's good news for New York sports fans. I would be so scared by a subway series and I don't even live in New York. So it's not like I have that many Mets friends, but Mets fans, friends, but that team, they just, their starting rotation and their offense, so good. And that bullpen is scary. We saw it last night against the Rockies, where it can come back to bite you. And I don't know, relievers are very volatile, and Edwin Diaz looks unhittable now. Yeah. But how many times have we seen Rodis Chapman be the best closer in baseball for months? And then we get to the playoffs, and it's like he's never pitched before. It's a, it's a great point. And, yeah, until – Edwin Diaz is having a phenomenal season. And it was kind of the same thing with Clay Holmes a little bit, to be honest. It's like as great as he was until I saw him do it for a, a longer period of time or in the postseason, I, it's going to be hard for me to believe it. And Edwin Diaz has had, you know, a full season of being an elite closer. So I, I do think he is one of the best relief pitchers in, in all of baseball, but there's no denying that he's never done it in the postseason. When, you know, that's a different animal in the ninth inning of a one run game against the Dodgers or the Braves who, you know, are right down the Mets backs right now. So uh, baseball, I mean, it's just it's a it's in it's in good hands like the players. We see Aaron Judge every night and there's no one better to represent the sport of baseball than that guy. And uh, 
we're lucky that he's on our team. Uh, hopefully he remains on our team uh, moving forward. But uh, the more home runs he hits, which seems to happen every single night, uh, that money bag is uh, piling up. So, you know, the Steinbrenners better uh, open up that paycheck and uh, that pay, uh, give him whatever he wants. So um, yes. that's where we're at. Absolutely. I'm not really, I can't really get my mind to think about that until the off season might be because I'm trying to avoid that conversation. I'm not really too nervous as of now, just because I keep every time the conversation gets brought up, I just think to myself, like they can't let him go. Like, right. Like they can't, they can't. Yeah. Who are they going to replace him with? If it's not Juan Soto, you got nobody because the leader that he is on and off the field and the player that he is, he's been the best hitter in baseball this season. And he's just been, it's been unreal. It's like, three or four games go by without hitting a homer and you start to think, okay, judgey, like, like, let's go. And he always bounces back. He'll have, you know, those two home run games. What he did the other night with the new rookie that got called up Greg Weiser. And, you know, he had a bad outing and judge went over and blocked the camera in the dugout. Like, that's just, I mean, that's next level leadership stuff. Yeah. He's, I mean, going to the photos in your, you know, your room, it's like, we haven't really seen that leadership since Derek Jeter and he's very Derek Jeter like, and I know that's been said, you know, several times, but he is just, like you said, he's having one of the best offensive seasons that I've ever seen in my entire life, arguably uh, the best, you know, uh, offensive season from someone not doing steroids. Uh, But it's like the uh, off field stuff that he does is somehow even more impressive than the the really impressive on field stuff that he seems to do, you know, every game. And it's crazy to think where the Yankees would be without him. He's clearly as great as Otani is. Otani is, he's really like, I was actually just thinking about it today because I saw a stat that said Garrett Cole is second in the American league for most games with 10 strikeouts behind Otani. And it's like, that really is crazy to me that there's a human being that is like a better pitcher than Cole, but also as good of a hitter as judge like that, that is really, it's hard to process, but since it doesn't really translate in winning and the angels are not necessarily the biggest, you know, draw or attraction, he kind of gets buried out there with trout, but it's like judge is the MVP of this year. I think that he's put all of the, you know, Otani stuff to rest. I think, I I don't know. And I I guess I won't know until he receives the award, but right now in like Las Vegas and the the sports books, he's like a heavy favorite to win. So uh, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if he beats Maris's record. That would be kind of cool to, for him to be the all-time Yankees and American league leader. And if you you know, don't consider the steroid guys, you know, stats to be real, then he would be the real leader. So he's just having a season for the ages. And, you know, Jack, or maybe you're going to learn over the next few years. I've certainly learned over the last, you know, since 2009, if he, if he struggles in the postseason, everything that he does in the regular, and I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. Like, I think no matter what happens, if he struggles in the postseason, it's like, how can you be mad at this guy? This is the guy that carried your team the whole year. That's how I feel at least. But it's like, you know how people are. If he goes out there and in the the, the first, they get swept and he goes 0 for 3, 0 for 4 and doesn't produce in the big moments, 
everyone all of a sudden will forget about, you know, the 60 home runs and the MVP season. Um, so that's why I think everything comes down. And I know it sounds so simple, but everything comes down to winning the World Series. The Yankees now for the last few years have been in that like we this is our time. But guess what? The time is the time is now. Yes. You know, Garrett Cole is not on his first year of his contract. Judge's contract is up like we I, I, I at least thought by now that this core of guys would have a World Series by now. But uh, clearly they, they have not. So uh, hopefully this is the year that turns things around. If you ask me after the 2017 playoff exit, would this team win World Series by 2022? The answer would have been a resounding yes. Oh I my mean, goodness. I wasn't even that upset when we lost in 2017 because there was a thought, you know, we'll be back. And we got close, but we never got to that point again. And one thing I will say is it is absolutely championship or bust. If the Yankees don't win a World Series this year, season is a massive disappointment. But sometimes I think about what it would be like to be a fan of the Pirates or <laughs> yeah, even it. like the Red Sox who, yes, they've won plenty of World Series over the past decade, but they've also had some seasons where they've been absolutely non-competitive. And just how fun and exciting playoff baseball is and watching the Yankees in the playoffs. I know last season with the wild card game, when they lost, it was just kind of like, like, that's it. Like the season's kind of over and done. And it felt like they robbed us of the chance of watching them in the postseason. So I will always be grateful for the fact that the Yankees always play meaningful baseball down the stretch, if not make the playoffs. No, it's a it's a phenomenal point. No, we are we are the most spoiled fans in the world. And it's kind of at least for fans my age, it's because how we grew up every year they were winning the World Series. And to your point, it's like the team they're playing this weekend. It's like the Oakland A's being a fan of that team. Any player that seems like it has they have any promise, you know, they're going to be traded in a few years. Like it's just such a terrible mindset to have as a fan you know as a Knicks fan it hasn't been great a lot of the years I'm looking forward to the draft or tanking or whatever but at least like in you know in like basketball like you still have a few players like you can kind of like RJ Barrett you can kind of grasp on singular players like this Oakland A's team watching the last few nights there's like, no one I don't recognize no one and there's no one in this the people in the stands are Yankees fans and it's like, it's, yeah. So to your point at when I say, like I said, five, 10 minutes ago, you know, the Yankees haven't done much for us since 2009. They've actually won the most games out of any team in baseball since 2009. So they have actually done a lot for us, but again, it all comes down to world series for the Yankees and Yankees fans. And they haven't not done so since uh, 2009. So uh, yeah, these last few years have certainly been, you know, a disappointment. And to your point, 2017 hurt a lot, but you made a great point that it felt like, you know what, we weren't even supposed to be here. And this is going to be the start of this great thing. Then you add Stanton, you add Cole. It's like, how is this not clicking? And not only that, the team, the main team that you're going against, the Astros are losing guys, not only to you know, losing Springer and losing, you know, other offensive players, you're losing Garrett Cole to the Yankees and the Yankees still can't beat the Astros. So I don't understand it. I'm hoping again, this year is the year that things change. Um, but it's been a, you know, a tough end 
to uh, the last several years for the Yankees. It has. And just reminiscing on the playoff exits in 2017 and 2019, 2017 was the first season that I actually understood what was going on. And, you know, I watched the Yankees before that, but it was the first year where I had MLB TV and I was watching every game and I was invested and I was listening to ESPN and Yankees podcasts. And I remember that series against the now guardians, formerly the Indians were that series was incredible. And then that entire ALCS, it just felt like, it just felt like we had that feeling like we were going to win. And I actually watched game six of the ALCS with my buddy, who is a diehard Astros fan. And I, maybe we lost, six and seven I still feel some guilt for that. Cause I feel like maybe if I didn't watch that with an Astros <laughs> fan, the outcome would have been a little different, but right before Game seven of the ALCS in 2017. And I, I will never forgive my parents for this. I fell asleep mm. and they did not wake me up. And when I woke up, the game was over. And that still haunts me. Well, Jack, finding out all this new information, like I've been wondering for years why the Yankees lost game six and seven. But now, now you know. Finding, now I know. Six was because you were watching it with your Astros friend. And game seven is you and your parents' fault. So uh, do you mind? I, I know you know I have about you know, like 9,000 followers on Twitter. Do you mind if I tweet out right now that, you know, it's all your fault that the Yankees lost? Absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll clip this up and send it to you. So, <laughs> yeah, I would love to repost. I'll put it on sure, Twitter, yeah. I will uh, definitely let Yankee fans know that the real reason why the Yankees lost in the ALCS was, you know, not Chapman, not anyone else's fault. No. It was all you. It was my fault. And I take responsibility for that. <laughs> if I go to Yankee Stadium, feel free to boo me. All right. Like, no, well, Yankee fans, if you when you when you are watching this, you know, Jack is one of the better Yankee fans out there. He's not, you know, one of those crazy guys that turns on players right away. He's knowledgeable. He's uh he's a good dude. So do not hate on my man Jack. So I got you, buddy. No worries. Thank you, sir. And 2019 <laughs> was just that was so painful when DJ hit that homer. I was watching, I was watching the entire game in my basement. And it just felt so lifeless. That team, it felt like we were never going to score. And I went upstairs, and this is kind of my routine. I did it when the Rangers were on their last legs. Whenever a team that I like is in the playoffs and it's an elimination game and things are not looking good, I go into my bed, I turn the game on in my computer, and I watch in bed. I, I It makes no sense. I don't know why, but it's just kind routine, of a superstition. No, super, no do it and, DJ hit that homer and I went, I went nuts running around my house. I was so out of breath by the time that Chapman gave up the homer to Atuve that I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I, but I let, think... let's get let's get back to the present <laughs> and better memories. Yes, let's do because that. A caller in the Michael K show made a good point a couple of days ago. And he said that this Yankees team is better than the 2017 and 2019 Yankees teams. And I agree with that. And I think that. This Astros team is worse than 2017 and 2019. They don't have Correa. Michael Brantley is hurt. They don't have Springer. I mean, obviously, both teams are very evenly matched. You have to give the edge to the Astros, but I will say people are acting like the Yankees have no shot of catching them. Two games in the loss column, so we're right there. Let me ask you a question, Jack, and I was actually going to ask Dave and Anita today, but we just had, you know, a Chuck full show of just a lot of stuff going on. So I didn't get to it. So I'm going to ask you and you can be honest. 
right now with the new format of the American or just the postseason, but let's take the American League, for instance. Right now, if the postseason ended, it would be the Astros one, Yankees two, Cleveland three, uh, Toronto four, Tampa five, and Seattle six. So the first round, the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees would have a first round bye, leaving, leaving Cleveland to play Seattle and Toronto to play Tampa Bay. The winner of Toronto and Tampa Bay would then go on to play Houston in Houston, having home field advantage, while the Yankees would have home field advantage against the winner of Cleveland and Seattle, which I think we can both agree. I, again, I don't ever like choosing opponents, but I think the Yankees would fare better against Cleveland or Seattle than Toronto or Tampa. We can agree on that, correct? Yes, I will say. Seattle scares you? Seattle's bullpen scares me. That's funny you said that because I, I was saying this with my roommate and he said, like, I don't think Cleveland scares anyone really, although Jose Ramirez is phenomenal. He's had and, their number over the past Yeah, you know, he's had he's one of the best hitters in baseball. And Shane Bieber, although we've had his number, you know, they have actually have really good pitching in general. So I would, no playoff matchup would be easy unless the twins somehow find their way in or whatever. Or the, yeah, maybe, give me the or, twins. All or, you know, Baltimore, even though they've been fun too, but it's like, realistically, I think I would rather play the winner of Cleveland, Seattle than Toronto or Tampa. So my point is, is if Toronto and Tampa, the winner of that and Houston can beat up on each other and all the Yankees have to do is kind of beat whichever one of those three teams come out of that side of the bracket, maybe being the number two seed is not the end of the world. Although I think everyone can agree out of everything that could happen, having home field advantage and being the one seed would probably be the best thing that can happen. But my point is if they do get the two seed and the the standings kind of remain the same, avoiding Toronto, who I think some people think Toronto could be a more of a challenge than Houston. I mean, I was at two of those games last week at Yankee Stadium. They have Whit Merrifield batting ninth, like yeah. Bichette batting sixth. And they are a deep, you know, like offense. They have a deep lineup and they're pitching. Although Barrios, you know, we've kind of had his number two, Gosman. That's still with Manoa is a pretty good threesome in a series. It's not anything to kind of, you know, you know, laugh at. So Toronto, I think is going to be a tough out. So if Toronto and Tampa can beat each other up and then I think Toronto would win that series, then Toronto and Houston can beat each other up. I would love to get. That would be perfect. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't mind that. What's your ideal postseason rotation for the Yankees coming up? You got Cole one and I'd like to think Nestor two, but after that, you know, it's kind of debatable. Yeah. um, So I've had this discussion a lot like on air and, because we are in, you know, we're getting to the end of August. Like these are kind of the thoughts that I'm sure they're having every day. And, you know, some people think this Cortez IL stint is not as serious as maybe they're making it seem. Maybe they're trying to give him just a little bit extra. He's never really pitched this much before. Um, so maybe giving him a little bit of extra rest. But yeah, Cole is obviously, you know, even with Cortez having the season, Cole is still like... I know he's had trouble in the postseason, but there's still only a handful of guys that I would really rather have than Garrett Cole, two of them being in New York with DeGrom and Scherzer. But 
like the, the hate on Cole needs to stop. Like Absolutely. He, he is still, he is still one of the only people that you could consider an ACE. And I am very happy that the Yankees have him and they would, I have no idea where they would be without him, but um, yeah, Cole would be the one. If Cortez is healthy, I would probably throw him too. Um, Montaz, you obviously got him. Or I, I mean, I, I think I'm pronouncing. I've heard so many different pronunciations. I've heard Montas, Montas. I'm going to go with Montas, which is what I've been saying. But I think those three would have to be locks into the into those thing. And then the fourth the fourth game uh, is Jordan Montgomery. No, yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> I would realistically, I think Tyone will be in the bullpen. I think Herman will be in the bullpen. Maybe it is Herman. I, I, but Severino is the other obvious big question mark. Like, what did they do with him when he returns? We've seen him be successful out of the bullpen, but obviously if he's healthy and ready to go, him being your number three or game four starter is, or even game two, I would not hate. So uh, what were you about to say? So I'm big believer that the Yankees are going full-blown funny business right now. There's a tweet out like the day after Nestor Cortez went on the IL that he was throwing in 110 feet and running sprints. So, sure, <laughs> is Nestor Cortez, is his groin maybe bothering him a little bit? Yes, but if he heard it in the me, second yeah. inning, he wasn't limping around at the end of that game or anything. So, I think the same thing with Severino. We've all heard how upset Severino was when he went on the IL. In my mind, Sebi, I'm not too concerned with him coming back and being healthy because – if he came back from TJ and was able to look as sharp as he did in the first half, he can come back from this and be as sharp as, I mean, in my mind, he should be the number three starter or number two starter. And I understand Montas, Montas was acquired. <laughs> he was acquired to be the number two starter. Yeah, he was. But plans change and he has the stuff, like he has the stuff that you can see and you'll watch him pitch and be like, okay, like I understand how this guy can dominate opposing lineups. But the control has not been there for the most part. It was there in his last outing. So he can be a guy that if he has a couple good ones in a row, he can get me right back into, yeah, he's my number two starter. But you mentioned Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> One thing I will say, the only no relation, possible- No relation, by the way. No relation. No relation. Your long lost cousin. Um, <laughs> the trade was a mistake. I think 99% of Yankee fans agree with that. But the one the one bit of logic that I've wrapped my brain around and I've kind of kind of convinced myself to believe is that Jordan Montgomery, when he pitches normally, he'll allow, you know, one or two runs early in the game and then he'll settle down. He kind of he has so many pitches that he has to figure out what's working for him that night. And that doesn't really play out of the bullpen. Out of the bullpen, you you're pitching one inning, two innings max. You got to know what is working. You can't, if you give up one run, like that's it. So Domingo Herman is a guy who his stuff will play out of the bullpen. Tyone, I'm kind of the same way with Monty. Like yeah. he's going to be sort of like a long guy, like, you know, maybe mop up duty. Exactly. But maybe like a few innings that when you like need it. Exactly. Yes. If, if we can have three out of Cole, Sevi, Montas and Nestor Cortez, pitching well come playoff time that's that's a good combination that i'll take those three any day now i guess i'll ask you just i guess it really is postseason time 
I mean, you said the Jordan Montgomery trade was horrible and don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm still scratching my head because I, I don't know if he would have, you know, the next four starts with the Yankees been four and with a zero point, whatever ERA. I don't, you know, you never know what would happen if he stayed, but you said it was a terrible trade and I, I get it, but I do understand. And I haven't really watched him as much, but I have seen highlights and I have seen videos, you know, Bader is a phenomenal yes. center fielder. And I think the logic behind it is if they can go with an outfield of judge Bader and Benintendi, that is a gold glove outfield all around realistically. So it's like, that's the rationale behind it. But yeah, the fact that Montgomery is going out there and just being, being the best. Not what you want in baseball. Yeah. As Joe Girardi would say, it's not what you want, but I do understand that. But then it gets really interesting because, okay, that's your outfield. You got judge, you got Bader, you got Ben Intendi. That means Stanton is your DH. That means there's a lot of guys all of a sudden in the infield. Who is your infield? I think Rizzo's locked in at first. LeMayu finds his way somewhere. There's a lot of extra guys there, especially with, you know, a lot of my friends, myself, we like Oswaldo Cabrera. We like watching him play. He's versatile. He's clearly been more comfortable the last couple of games, back-to-back three-hit games. He can kind of plug them in anywhere. It's hard to send guys down like that when they come up and produce. Um, so where does Donaldson go? Where does IKF go? You know, those are the big decisions that they have to make going into the postseason. I'm kind of glad that I don't get paid uh, the big bucks to make those decisions. But over the last few seasons, they've made the wrong decisions. And uh, hopefully this year they push the right buttons. For the first half of the season, it certainly felt like no matter what button they pressed, it, it was the right one. Um, I just hope that they continue to do that at the end of the year, but um, we'll see, you know, Clark Schmidt's pitching tomorrow. He's another guy that maybe if he continues to pitch well, can find his way into the mix. Um, so yeah, having a lot of, you know, quality players is certainly not a bad problem to have, but uh, you know, you got to see Matt Carpenter, where does, does he fit into the team when he returns? It's a lot of, uh, a lot of puzzle pieces to fit in a puzzle that you're hoping, you know, is perfect, but uh, you got to put the right pieces into place. So in my mind, because I was thinking about this the other day, just the lineup, I think there's a chance. So obviously Rizzo at first, I do think that Glaber will be at second. I, th- I think, you know, he started off the season. His entire first half was really solid. He has hit a slump, but I do think he will be able to turn it around. I think DJ is going to be at third unless Josh Donaldson goes on a miracle run and returns to his former form of MVP (laughs) status. I don't think you can start him in a playoff game. And I would really like Oswaldo Cabrera to be a shortstop. I'm not an IKF fan at all. I don't think the Yankees are going to do that, but that's just my preference. He he puts up a good, he puts up a pretty decent at bat. It's just, with all these premium shortstops being one of the most like, you know, position, like one of the most, uh, I guess, like quality positions in the sport where you want to get almost everything out of that player, whether it's power, just hitting for average fielding. I don't know. I, I just don't see IKF really being that guy. I would rather, like you said, probably have Cabrera at short at this point, And he's only played what two weeks, maybe, you know, 15 games. It was like that. the, the, his, Cabrera's first hit was like the fifth hardest ball, hardest hit ball in 
IKF's entire career. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just. Well, you saw IKF. He had a double against the ground rule double against yes. Scherzer. It wasn't yes. even a home run. And they announced that that was the farthest hit ball he's hit all year. It's like, again, I can't hit a ball that far. And, I'm, you know, like a lot, most normal human beings can't. But when you're a professional major league baseball player, you would think if you're getting the opportunities, you would get a chance to maybe hit one, more than one. I would say that 50% of my high school baseball team can hit the ball harder than IKF. Like, that's <laughs> you just... Have, you have a pretty good high school football. That's just... Uh, that's just it is... His defense is not what the le- it's not at the level that we expected going into the season. And I understand he's been fine, but honestly, when Cabrera came in and played those two games, I thought he was a much better defender than IKF. And the at bats are just, I mean, it's it's a completely different level. So yeah, no, he's been he's been very impressive. Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over it just because I don't think that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, but. Here's where things get interesting. I do think Stanton is going to primarily DH down the stretch, but I think there's a chance they'll play him in right field come playoff time. And I think what, what I've been thinking about and I've seen on Twitter a little bit is you put Stanton in right judge in center and Ben attendee in left and DH Carpenter. And this is assuming everyone's back and healthy and you can kind of righty. I don't know what Bader's splits are like, but you can kind of platoon Carpenter and Bader. And if it's a righty pitcher, then maybe you put, then maybe you put Carpenter up and is, is Bader a lefty or is he a, I, I believe he's switch hitter, a switch hitter. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I will check right now. Um, I do believe he, he is, there's one side that he is like a one Oh one ten OPS plus from. And cause he's not, uh, like yes he is a defensive first guy but he bats right if he reaches okay if he reaches his potential offensively he's in a, he can be an everyday guy but if Matt Carpenter comes back and does what he did at the beginning of the season you can't not have that guy in the lineup yeah but if you have a bench of like Matt Carpenter Josh Donaldson Oswaldo Cabrera it's like that's a pretty good bench to have yeah yeah that so, is a pretty good bench <laughs> not a so, bad problem I want to play a little game with you, Jake. All right. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name a Yankee, and I just want quick hitting, just your thoughts on them this season and what you expect them to be going forward. All right. So, so I mean, we got to start off with Aaron Judge, and the question I will ask you is: Do do you think honest answer? Do you think he hit 62? I don't, because I think a lot of pitchers are going to start walking him and pitching very carefully to him. I do think without question, first thought when came to my mind, when you said Aaron Judge is MVP, he's, yeah. he's the MVP. He's having one of the best offensive seasons. I think a lot of baseball fans have ever seen. If he didn't play another game for the rest of the year, his numbers are still as, as impressive as other MVP seasons. Um, and he still has, you know, a month of baseball left. So I, do I think he can hit 62? Yes, I, I think he could hit, you know, home run every night if he gets the opportunities. I just think as the season goes on, you know, Rothenberg today was saying if there's a runner on first and second with two outs and he comes up, I would still walk him. You know, like I wouldn't give him the Barry Bonds bases loaded intentional walk treatment yet, but he's at that point where it's, it's getting like, there. 
why are you pitching to if, especially if there's no one on base like do not pitch to this guy but i hope they continue to do so uh because he has been clobbering the ball everywhere he goes so not just at that uh short porch at yankee yes. stadium that uh, yes. everyone the little league ballpark yeah which, you know, by the way they're playing at the same ballpark when you know they're all complaining but yeah judge this year is again i think he has what 14 or 15 more home runs than the number two guy in the league. It's just, it's, it's super impressive. And yeah, I don't know. Does that make it less or more exciting when there's like a race going on, like Maris and Mantle, you know, is it more exciting or is it less exciting? Cause judge is just creaming everybody. Uh, yeah. It's a good I question. will say Giancarlo Stanton is back and he's healthy. And he's that he's the one guy where Giancarlo Stanton's hot is Unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, his hot is the when he's hot, he's the best player in baseball. He is literally hitting a homer every single at bat. So if he gets hot towards the end of the season, I mean, I don't want to face that guy up. Like, I know, yes, open base, you got to walk judge, but he can, he's that one player that can really provide protection. Absolutely. And if Stanton is your number two guy, you're asking me, yeah, I would say streaky for sure is a good, you know, adjective to describe him. But he's also like you said, when he's hot, he is hotter than anyone. And, you know, judges the MVP of the league and Cole, like realistically might be the most valuable player on the team. But Stanton, you see the difference he makes when he's back. It's like, getting to push everyone down the lineup a little bit. You don't see necessarily Glaber and Donaldson in the three and four. They're now in the five and six or six and seven. And it kind of just puts people in a spot where it's like, okay, you know, maybe Yankees fans weren't happy about Josh Donaldson batting cleanup for a month, but having him as your number seven or eight hitter is (laughs) he's a pretty good number seven or eight hitter. Uh, So yes, Stanton is a huge difference maker in this lineup. And I will always go to bat for Stanton. He's my favorite Yankee. I will never understand why Yankee fans at this point do not do not treat him the same way, maybe not to the same level as Judge, but to the same level as, you know, a DJ at least. Because Yankee, he's still, there was a point in the season where he was getting booed. And what he did from the start, he had he got booed in his which, oh, never. I mean, getting booed in your first home game after you yeah. started off like hitting a double, double and a home, homer is insanity. But what he's done in the postseason, yeah. like it doesn't make sense. You know, you said earlier that Yankee players are judged on what they do in the postseason, which they are. And what Stanton has done the past couple of years in the postseason has oh been awesome. It's been awesome. That one yeah. season was like a, one I've never seen yeah. before. Like the same way Judge is having this regular season, I've never seen someone get that hot in a postseason like that. It's crazy. Garrett Cole is the next person up on the list. And like you said earlier, you said you were a big defender of Cole. Mm-hmm. I am too. I think, you know, he gets a lot of hate. Dave Rothenberg unnecessarily <laughs> gives him some crap. And listen. There is, a, there is a fair argument to be made where we paid this guy money, so much money, to be on the same level as DeGrom, Scherzer, Verlander, and he's not. He's not on that level, and that's fair. But he's still, he's still one of the best five top five pitchers in baseball, and he can still be on that level. And Absolutely. he's a guy who 
has really won me over this season off the field. He is so unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> his some of his press conferences, like the two stags comment, was hilarious. And then, you know, chirping at Manoa, running out of the dugout. I mean, I love that stuff. Yeah, I think uh, Cole. I definitely am a defender of him. Um, but I guess if I had to like choose words to say it, I would say like go out and prove it, man. Like we got you to be that guy to every time you go out, no matter what team it is, if it's a good offense, like that's why we got you to go out there and be that stopper, to be that ace, to be that dog, you know, as a Yankee fan, when we played him in Houston, it's like, he put the fear like into my like whole body. Like that whole day I was like, Oh no, like Garrett Cole, like you gotta be kidding me. Like anyone, but Garrett Cole. And unfortunately for Yankees and Yankees fans, it's like, I don't really feel like the Red Sox feel that way. I don't really feel like Astros feel that way. So until the Yankees can kind of, and Garrett Cole go out to these teams with him on the mound and punch him in the mouth in the postseason, it's going to be hard to like have that opinion or view of him. So he needs to go out and prove it uh, this year. Cause you know, they're making the postseason and being a favorite to represent the American league. He needs to go out every game one of every series and be the better pitcher because that's what the Yankees got him for. And think about the teams. Like we just, we talked about the postseason teams before. If it's Verlander, if it's who, who would you say the Blue Jays aces? Manoa? Barry, I would say, I would say Gosman. Gosman. So they're all three kind of like a toss up, but putting Gosman, you put Verlander, Gosman, the Rays would be who this year? McClanahan. McClanahan, um, although class now is close to coming back. Yeah, that's scary. But um, McClanahan, I'm just picking Bieber and Seattle, Robbie Ray, or Castillo. And they got Castillo. Yeah. Those are great pitchers. All of those are great pitchers, but what the Yankees are hoping is that they have the best one out of all of them. And yes. if you ask me, and I'm not trying to be a biased Yankees fan, when they're again, when I, it's hard to say when they're all on or when they're all hot, it's like, I really believe looking at those pitchers, I would choose Cole over Robbie Ray. Like, Oh, even with the Cy Young, I would choose, Cole still over McClan. I mean, McClan- it's not even a question, but that's, that's my point. All these teams, even a hall of famer, first ballad, former Cy Young MVP Verlander. It's like, I'd still at this point in th- their careers, even though Verlander is still out there dogging, it's like, I'd still hope that Cole would put the Yankees as a favorite over any of those other pitchers. So it we'll see, but, um, it's, it all comes down to the postseason with all of these guys. Yeah, whatever Cole does. And, you know, we can go back and forth on what Cole has been this season. And, yeah, he, he has had too many starts where he has not given us a chance to win. That's 100% accurate. But I also believe that, not that he tinkers with stuff, but Cole just, his competitiveness and what he brings, you cannot convince me that he wasn't hurt in that wild card game, his hamstring was affecting him and nothing he does in the regular season matters. He can go out. He could have gone out and win a side <laughs> on this year. It, yeah. If he pitches great in the postseason or terrible in the postseason, that is going to change the perspective of Yankees fans for the next decade. 
And I hope that's the case because uh, that's why they spent, you know, $324 million. A lot of money. A lot of money. And that's the reason why. A lot of money. Another player that I want to talk about briefly is Nestor Cortez because what he's been able to do this year, it's kind of the discussion has quieted a little bit for the past couple of weeks. And people just need to remember, I mean, this guy has been an ace this season. He's been incredible. He's actually been like an ace. If you really look at it, like the last two years, like he's actually been really good for almost two full seasons now. So yeah, it's getting to that point where it's like, it's unbelievable. And now all of a sudden it's like kind of becoming believable. Like for a while, I just kept thinking like, there's no way this guy is this good. Like there's just no way, like not even to say judge a book by its cover, but you just look at him and you don't think he would be like, He's not like a big dude, like a strong guy. So you just, you know, you wouldn't expect it, but uh, he's been an unbelievable story. Uh, He's been a huge part of the Yankees success this year. And yeah, it doesn't seem like anything really faces him the whole, whether it's like switching up the pitching, you know, the way he pitches on the mound timing, he's just been fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I think who would have thought going into this year that he would be the guy like, the bat, the Robin to Cole's Batman, but that's what he's become. That's really, really no. And in a weird way for, you know, the first half of the season, although Cole has always been the better pitcher, Cortez was the better pitcher for like half a year. So uh, yeah, he's been uh, an unbelievable story and a big part of the Yankees. Absolutely. One thing that worries me to an extent is the bullpen moving forward. And I will say I'm not full-blown panic about the bullpen because Loisica, as of late, has been electric. I mean, what he did last night was he looked on fire. He looked like the Loisica of last season. And I really do believe Clay Holmes is going to come back and be fine. He might not be 30 straight scoreless innings, but he's going to be I, – I really think he's going to be an elite closer again. One thing I will say. We have had two Yankee seasons end with a homer off of Arage Chapman. That cannot happen this season. Who? I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that's what you're getting to. Yeah, he hasn't pitched in a, like a few days, like almost a week. It's like, it's kind of head scratching. Like, are the Yankees, is he hurt? Are the Yankees planning on like, I, I it's very weird to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, Yankee fans kind of, He's, he's another guy that's very streaky. He's like, when he's hot, he's hot. But once like, there's sometimes you can tell by the first batter or even the first pitch, it's like, get him out of here now, because you know, he has no control of his throws. And like, sometimes you can see that his command is just not there. But again, you watch other times and he's just lights out. Um, I think part of the problem with Chapman is that, yeah, he still throws incredibly fast but a lot of guys now are throwing incredibly fast. It's not the same way where he was the only guy throwing a hundred plus. Now it's like, I mean, who does, uh, which bullpen, the Tampa Bay Rays, their entire bullpen yeah. throws like a hundred plus. So it's like, it's not that special or unique anymore where people are like, whoa, here comes Chapman with the 102 mile per hour fastball. Cause you're seeing 99, hundred miles per hour, almost like every pitch. So I think that has to do with it, but I also think the confidence is just not there anymore. And part of it's probably because, you know, he has to end several seasons thinking about that the entire, I mean, 
I'm a Yankee fan. You're a Yankee. We're still thinking about it as fans. He's the guy that gave up the home runs. Yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't even be able to sleep. Like I, so I, yeah, I'm sure it's been tough uh, to end the year being the guy to give up the home run, especially because, you know, in a lot of these seasons, he has been, you know, a pretty good closer, one of the better closers in all of baseball. So it's, again, it's not how you start though. It's how you finish. We all know Chapman's a weird dude. Like the man wears turtlenecks in 90 degree heat. Like he's not like something is off. Something is off, but you have to want like just his confidence and his entire bravado, you know, the stare down after getting the strikeout. I mean, he's absolutely jacked. He is. I think it's fair to say he's been the most intimidating pitcher in baseball over the past five, five to seven years through his come up, you know, when you think of intimidating, you think of Chapman and just the fact that deep, I mean, deep down, he is not a confident guy. I mean, his stuff, his stuff is still there. I understand the fastball below is ticked down a little bit. His entire issues are his command. And you can't, you can't have a guy that can't throw a fastball for strikes, be a major league reliever. Like you can't have him pitch important innings, but I will say this. If you can have Loisica, Holmes and Efros all pitching well come playoff time. You know, healthy, too. healthy, yes, healthy <laughs> all pitching well. Yeah. I, I liked what I've seen out of Trevino. Trevino. Um, this bullpen, you, you get Domingo Herman in the bullpen come playoff time. Yeah. Like we were saying, you put Tyone, maybe yes. Severino, you know, yes. Zach Britton has been kind of re. I don't think the bullpen should be an issue. And, you know, I, I, I think that's actually. <sighs> their offense has been impressive judge obviously like we keep mentioning but their pitching is kind of what's kept them afloat pitch starting pitching relief pitching they've been great this both of them this whole year um they've been phenomenal um so yeah i think if the yankees are going to make a run they're going to have to have the great pitching to keep the games kind of low and guys it's going to have to again they're not going to play the oakland a's in the playoffs but they're going to kind of need a game like last night in the postseason against one of the good teams you're going to need Cole to go out there for seven innings, strike out 11, and you're going to need your quality players like and your big-time players like Aaron Judge to get the big hit because that's kind of how every postseason game is. It's not usually a slugfest when you got Garrett Cole and Shane McClanahan on the mound. you got to get those big, timely hits, and those are the hits that make or break a series, and that's why I feel like the Yankees are a lot closer than a lot of people give them credit for because – They've been on the wrong side of those little plays over the last few years. And hopefully this year is the time they're on the right side of things. So we'll see only a few months away, but we're uh, getting there. We're getting, I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait. One of the more frustrating calls I hear on the Rothenberg, Dave Rothenberg show and DPH run Rothenberg. When I hear callers and even Dave talk about how Yankees are too reliant on the home run. It drives me nuts because, in my opinion, I don't I don't care how you score runs. Just score runs. And come playoff time, you're not stringing together four to five hits against Justin Verlander. You're getting those runs on homers. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think what he's saying is, you know, in the postseason, home run or bust guys, like a, like a lot of the Yankees, whether it's judges kind of changed his game this year, but he's still kind of a big strikeout guy. Stanton too, you know, Joey Gallo obviously was, but like- And we don't Donald, have to talk about him. Yeah, the name we shall not mention, but like, 
you know, Donaldson, they, they have a lot of these guys that seem to be not necessarily great contact hitters, although judge has changed things this year. But when you have teams like the Astros and other teams that seem to have a lot of just, yeah, their players can hit home runs, but that's not all they're doing. And to Dave's point or whatever, you know, the Yankees went out the other night and yes, it was the Oakland A's, but they scored 13 yes. runs on 20 no hits with no home runs. So they can go out there and definitely have a slugfest without any home runs. And Judge Benintendi uh, scored no runs in that game, by the way. And they still scored 13 runs. But yeah, I think uh, to say that the Yankees are just home run or bust um, is not fair. But it is fair to say when you do look at, you know, their batting averages, it's not like, you know, when Red Sox come into town, you look at their lineup. And again, it maybe hasn't, you know, translated to wins, but you look at Devers, Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, they're all batting like over 300. And then you look at the Yankees lineup and no one is really. Benintendi is, but Benintendi, although he's been hot lately, his, his average dropped like 15, you know, points since he got here. So, yeah, I think it's a little concerning, especially when all the pitching is top notch in the postseason. But I think that, uh, you know, they're going to have to get those timely hits and Aaron Judge is going to have to be a huge part of those timely hits. Definitely. And, and one or two at-bats every postseason, we see it every year, one or two at-bats make or break a team series. So exactly. one thing you did say, you, you talked about the Yankees batting average. I will say, you know, Rizzo is batting like 218. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if you ask me what Anthony Rizzo's batting average is and I didn't know it, I would not guess 218. Like, I, I mean... I will say some Yankees batting average, some guys are deceiving. Donaldson, yes, Donaldson is hitting every bit below 220. Like, it shows he has been horrible this year. But I feel confident with Rizzo in a big spot. You know, if he's up and he needs to get a single and go the other way, he does that. Yeah, I think it's more so his average feels higher because, like, he had so many big hits. So, like, it kind of – you know, he had a, he's, he, his power numbers are great. He has a lot of home runs. So it's kind of, you know, miraged or masked that his batting average, to your point, yeah, it's 218. It's not where you want it to be. If you, if you asked me, like blind, not looking at the stats, what I would guess, you would feel like he's like a 250 hitter. Uh, but yeah, he needs to definitely uh, step it up with the batting average for sure. Definitely. And, you know, Jake, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to end it with one final question. All right. Simple question. Do the Yankees win the World Series this year? Well, you know what my answer is going to be. I'm, I've, but I've also said the Yankees are going to win the World Series for the last like 28 years of my life. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would throw some money on the Yanks if I had to choose a team. Uh, but realistically, and I'm not even talking about just the Astros or, you know, the Blue Jays we mentioned, that Dodgers team is something else, man. That's, you know, they very quietly won 42 of their last 51 games. Like, that's <laughs> – that is insane. Uh, you know, the Nationals this year have won 42 games the entire season, and the Dodgers have done it in the last 51 games. So, realistically, if I had to throw my money, like if someone said, real, like, throw all the money in your bank on a team, my heart would say Yankees, but my head would say Dodgers. Um but you never know. Offense can't necessarily carry you. Bueller's out for the year. They did just get May back. Uh, Kershaw's been hurt. 
So who knows? Um, but yeah, that offense on the Dodgers, oof. You want to talk about a dangerous one, two, three. Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. I don't think there's a better, you know, threesome in baseball. But, you know, Aaron Judge, LeMayu, Stanton, Rizzo, you know, that's not a bad foursome to have for sure. You throw in other guys too, Benintendi, Glaber. You got a good team. So they definitely have enough to win the World Series. So they are definitely one of handful of teams that I think have a chance. I think it's Dodgers, Mets, Braves. I don't even think the Padres anymore, to be honest. I think those three in the National League, and then I think in the American League, it comes down to the Astros, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays. Absolutely. I'd be pretty surprised. And I know in baseball, so much can happen, but if it's not Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers, Mets, I mean, those four, and you can throw the Braves in there as well. I think those five teams have separated themselves from the pack so much so. And I think one of those five teams is definitely going to win the World Series. But Jake, I appreciate you coming on and thank you for taking the time. Anytime, Jack. And before I hop off, I want to say thank you. And I kind of mentioned this to you when you reached out a little bit, but, you know, this was around the age where I really started, you know, getting into sports broadcasting. I think you have a very bright future ahead of you. Um, Keep up the great work. Let's go Yankees. And uh, as I said, although you're a young man, you know, you, you certainly don't come off as a kid. You come off as a very knowledgeable, respectable um, grown up. And um, I appreciate that. And that's one of the reasons why when you reached out, you know, I was like, without question, I will be on for my man, Jack. So I appreciate you reaching out and hopefully, you know, we can do it again. Have a, a Yankees World Series podcast, you know, wrapping up, you know, World Series MVP or that would be awesome. Who knows? And you guys can follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Montgomery underscore. And make sure to follow ESPN New York as well. Jake is putting out just fantastic videos on there. I, I've seen you've been doing the ones at Jets and Giants camp. Those have been hilarious. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm actually going to be doing that with uh, – so we did some TikTok and Twitter and Instagram videos with the Jets and the Giants. And we mentioned hockey in the beginning of the show. I'll, I'll actually – at the Michael K. show coming up, we're doing a live broadcast. All the Rangers are going to be there. So we're going to uh, crank out some content. Uh, with them too. So uh, yeah, if you enjoy, you know, that kind of stuff, finding out, you know, the favorite cheat meal or favorite football movie or sports movie and stuff like that, certainly follow ESPN's Twitter account and social media because there's a new guy in charge and uh, I'm very excited to get going. So sounds good, Jake. We thank you for coming on and we will see you guys next time on the next episode of Chatter from the Jake Seeds.